So I do, I do have questions here. In fact, in this interview, <laughs> let's go. I love it. Um, um, a couple of interesting topics that, that I, that I gleaned from, from some of your work. Well, first let's talk about, um, uh, you raw optics and the aura ring. Um, you know, you, you guys have, you guys have, have partnered or worked together and I'm just sort of curious about, um, what what you've learned or what the aura ring can can sort of in um illustrate as it pertains to light light exposure and light habits yeah so um i don't have my ring on right now but uh and i haven't been to be totally transparent haven't been using it super consistently the last couple of months but there's been periods over the last few years where i did and i got what i was looking for certain insights about I do this, I do that. Um, I'm trying, I'm practicing right now more. How do I say feeling the way I feel and using that as my guide? Not that that's always the best way, but that's what I'm doing at the moment. Now, in my view, the aura ring is a spectacular tool because it's something that is pretty much the least invasive, least intrusive of all of the wearable devices. Um, and it gives you arguably the most accurate and detailed uh, information that actually allows people to make a meaningful change or at least have some understanding. So yeah, we partnered with Aura with my company, Raw Optics. So for those who aren't familiar, blue light protection glasses, we make the best, in my view, the most, the highest quality and most premium and science-based. And so Aura um, was looking for, a, let's say, an opportunity to offer their audience um, that you know, could help incentivize people to tell their friends about the ring because they have a great business and they want to spread the message and help more people. But sometimes it takes a little, little, you know, nudge and to have the ability for a customer to receive a free pair of blue light protection glasses in exchange for referring a friend to purchase a ring is a great opportunity because then everybody wins, you know, um, the person who refers gets a free pair of glasses that's a huge win. The person who was referred gets us, they got a specific discount, which saved them cash on a ring. And then they get the ring and they get the benefits of the ring. Uh, Aura, you know, is, is stoked because then in that case, they're, um, you know, bringing in new members into their ecosystem and changing more lives and growing their business, which is, I think, a really admirable thing to do. I'm a capitalist and I believe in this, um, you know, creating ethical companies is a great way to potentially the best way to change the world in a positive direction. One of the best ways for sure at scale. And then, you know, we're really happy because of course we got a great amount of exposure um, for our mission and our values and our brand and what we're trying to do with light. Uh, we really pierced through a certain, let's say like veil into a more mainstream market of awareness because Aura is huge. And we got lots of glasses out to a huge amount of these members who aren't just like anyone. They're the the, the most dedicated customers uh, or mm. members of Aura who, who are going to take that effort to refer a friend because they're like, these, they love what Aura does. So it was a really uh, successful project all around. It was a pleasure to work with the Aura team. As far as the ring itself, one of the, the amazing things that I saw, but others saw that the, the former CEO of the company, um, you know, who, who I have a relationship with and, and led to this, let's say, partnership. Uh, one of the things him and his partner acknowledged to me was that 
the thing that changed their sleep the fastest and the most was blue light protection glasses, whether they were when they would wear them versus when they wouldn't and so on. It would change their deep sleep, increase their deep sleep significantly. And then the cool thing was that with thousands and thousands of customers who uh, got the glasses in exchange for referring a friend, many were really skeptical and they came to our website to claim their free gift. So um, they ended up as in our normal review request email flow, you know, after they would purchase, we would send them an email asking about if they would leave us a review, if they could share their feedback and whatnot. I kind of actually forgot about that, to be honest. I didn't really think that that, that many people would be getting our re review request because they got the glasses as a gift. They weren't like a normal mm. paying customer. And then I, we started getting all these reviews, like really good reviews, like really, really exceptional reviews. Like I, I summarized them down for the CEO and it was like, I couldn't get it less than like a hundred, maybe more like really impressive uh -huh. reviews, like people saying it changed their life. Um, people saying that they literally, like one woman, the, probably the one that sticks with me the most is a woman who is like, uh, she runs a, a business educating people about autism. She has like a certain degree of autism herself and shares it and basically said that like, as I was aging, my sleep was getting worse and I thought it was menopause and this and that, but like, no, these glasses showed me that it really was just blue light. And then I went, she said she went and backtracked and saw that the poor sleep just matched her increase in blue light at night exposure perfectly. And then it wasn't actually aging or menopause. It was just the blue light and her sleep scores went from like the sixties to like the eighties and nineties, like consistently. Wow. We've had lots of people, like we've had people in the forties and fifties who go <sighs> up to the eighties and nineties, just changing nothing else except starting to wear blue light protection glasses at night. It's wow. pretty crazy. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah. It, it's, it's shocking. Like we have screenshots and it's like before and after like 65, 94, it's like, wow, like one night it's like, whoa, that's pretty nuts. So we've had people whose heart rate variability increased like 20%, like immediately when they started using the glasses or within a day or two. And so it's really, really amazing. Sleep latency goes down. So the exciting thing is that in addition to the, so the aura ring, it's obviously, I love it, you know, cause it's, it's basically, it works and it's proving that and I'm very happy with it because it's proving that the science that we built our company on and the effects that, you know, I understood based on the science. And then I used the product and I felt the effects and tens of thousands of other customers felt the effects with raw optics uh, products. Then we, we have this experience and many customers here and there who before this aura partnership, who wore sleep tracking devices would see these effects and mention it. Like I knew that it worked for me so well that like, I didn't even really want to be honest to take my glasses off for 30 days and not experience them and then put them back on. Probably would, <laughs> would have been a smart thing to do, but I was like, I love these. I'm wearing them at night. I don't want to take them off. Cause you know, especially back then when I started the company, I was more worried that it would affect my health. negatively If I didn't wear them for 30 days that I might, you know, get really sick or whatever. Cause I was, as I mentioned, a bit obsessed. Now I'm sure if I did use my glasses for a month, I'd be fine but I would feel a lot better if I did. And it's not just the other thing too about the glasses, and maybe you've experienced this, but it's not just like a thing you experience like slowly over time, like supplements, like you take some supplements and maybe you feel the effects, maybe you don't, you don't really know. It's like when I put on my glasses at eight o'clock at night and it's getting dark and all the lights are around, my eyes relax and I feel really good. And when I take them off, it feels like someone's stabbing my eye. It's really... <laughs> And so it's like immediate, you feel it. So that's why I didn't want to take them off. But anyway, we had people who did over time comment that these work. And then with such a targeted partnership, we saw more of it. So I think the Aura Ring's great. It obviously can track changes in people's uh, 
sleep based on different things we do. People know that when they drink alcohol, it's like the worst thing for their sleep and their health and their you know, heart rate variability and their resting heart rate and all this stuff. And that's pretty logical based on the effects of alcohol. One of the reasons I've, you know, almost eliminated my consumption personally, uh, also from a spiritual perspective, that has a pretty strong influence there because it, you know, one of the things that's known is if you drink a lot, like it makes it a lot harder to meditate and reach a certain state. Not to say it's not possible, but makes it harder. That's that's echoed across the spiritual, let's say, communities and worlds. So as yeah, I think that's that's what I have to say about Aura. It's a great product, cool. great company, amazing people, and it works and it, it benefits us because people can see and and you know, uh what's the term quantify the effects of blue light protection products. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, I, I'm not, I am a little surprised the, the numbers changes in one night of wearing, you know, uh, I'm going to show you a screenshot. I, not I mean, that you're skeptical, but I'm going to show you just because it's that cool. That, that, that is a, that's life changing when you realize yeah. that, because, because if you go from not quantifying your sleep, not wearing an aura ring, and just like waking up feeling just like total dog do every single day. And then you get this, you know, you get blue light protection glasses, you get some raw optics, you wear them, you feel better and it's, and it's substantiated or, or, or at least like you said, quantified by the ring. And you're like, oh my gosh, like in one night to jump from 40 to 90 or to, you know, get a 20% bump in heart rate variability just from this one thing, you know, this is the only thing that I changed, man, that'll, that'll, that'll change your life. I mean, that, that yeah, must be it, so gratifying. It really is. Um, it's something pretty amazing. So anyway, I'll see, I'll find, uh, I'll find you exactly what I was talking about later. Yeah. But there's one, it's amazing. I'll send, you know, I can send it over to you once I've found it, but it was like literally day after day after day. Um, unbelievable changes mm -hmm. in, in sleep score. So awesome. anyway, yes. Yeah, yeah, so well, I'm glad you brought that question up. Yeah. Yeah. You, you can keep looking at it while I kind of present you the next, um, um, question. Another thing that, that I, that I came up, that I came across in, in some of your literature is the sunlight avoidance and all cause mortality. Mm. Um, yeah. If you could just explain that for, for people a little bit, that'd be I helpful. would love to. Yeah. So that's one of the things that um, has been studied pretty, I mean, depends what your definition of thorough is, but a study over a long period of time with, I believe it was like 60 plus women. So it's a pretty good sample size. And there are other studies that are similar to this. Um you know, I'm, I'm not, I just have to just claim like, I'm not the scientist, you know, like I, I'm, I'm really uh, fortunate to have had the experiences that stimulated me to do the reading and the research and to lead me to getting into this business. But I try to be as practical as I can. Right. So I want to focus on science because that's what people resonate with today that people want to hear. So to that extent, I want to focus on science, but like, I want to focus on to the best of my ability, like what works and science is limited in its ability, I believe, based on a variety of factors. Like, for example, a lot of science, modern scientists who claim to be really open minded are really like really closed minded to spiritual things. And scientists are supposed to be open minded, like somebody makes a far out claim. Science is supposed to be like, all right, let me come up with a 
hypothesis or, you know, show me a hypothesis. Let me come up with an experiment to try to falsify that mm-hmm. and see if I can disprove it. And, you know, a lot of the time it's like, nope, there's just no way, you know, so people get really fixed. And I should also acknowledge, I probably have blind spots like that too, where I'm skeptical about certain other things and I could be more scientific and open about this. So I try, I try to really embody the true uh, nature of what it means to be scientific which is uh, the word science comes from the Latin word skire, so to know. And, you know, another thing is to say that the only way to know something is the science, the specifically the scientific method. It's also a limitation um, to say like that the only way you can know something is by having a hypothesis or building an experiment to try to falsify your hypothesis. And then if you can't falsify it, the other thing is that at least as I understand science, you you technically can never fully know anything because the only thing you can do is try to disprove a hypothesis many many times. And the the less you can disprove it, the more it becomes a theory and maybe it can become a law. But as I'm just saying this out loud now and recounting back to my learning of science in in high school, because I I didn't even go to college, I studied on my own and taught myself what I much of what I know and started my company and learned from like the school of life that that's that's science like there is not really like a you can 100% know something for certain even the laws change and i do think that's a good thing but there's a lot of spiritual masters who claim to actually know certain things and there are certain truths like capital t you know and mm-hmm. i found i found that pretty interesting too and i think that's part of the reason why i was drawn to even spiritual teachings even like jesus because there's certain sort of ideas that agree or disagree they, you know, they have pretty strong beliefs in like that it's wrong to do this or it's wrong to do that. And that's like not really up for debate. Uh, of course, people can debate everything they want, but that their claim is that this is a fact, a truth. And I, I kind of was drawn to that, especially when you grow up in a world where there's so much fluidity, nothing wrong with fluidity. But, you know, sometimes you want to find some ground to stand on, especially when you're when you're turning, you know, 18, 19, 20. So anyway, um, now to your question specifically about sunlight and all cause mortality. So with the science conversation <laughs> beside us um, and the limits kind of in, in view, the idea was to analyze the lives of a bunch of Swedish women and see what factors have the biggest influence on basically their development of diseases from all cause and ultimately death at a certain point. So that's why they call it all, all cause mortality. Like, so dying from whatever at, at what point. And they looked at all these lifestyle factors. Do they smoke or not smoke? Sunbathe or not sunbathe? And a, a variety of other health and wellness factors. Um, one of, so the pretty much one of the most shocking conclusions, the, the let's say point that, that made the study really significant, especially for me, was that they found that among the group, the people who avoided the sun had something like double the rate of death from all diseases compared to those who actively sought out the sun. And then the group who was kind of in the middle, didn't really seek it out, didn't really avoid it was again, they were right in the middle, more or less in the middle, but it was sort of the opposite of what you, what we're taught from like the more mainstream perspective, like that if you seek out the sun, you're going to have real severe issues and I thought that's pretty interesting that they would find that in a statistically significant way in a major study. Um, and they even put it on the level of that, that avoiding sun could be on the level as a risk factor for health, like smoking. 
cigarettes, which many people accept as like, that's the worst thing you could do, guaranteed lung cancer. What I think is worth mentioning, not to encourage people to smoke cigarettes or drink alcohol or make bad decisions, but, and, and I've probably taken this idea, you know, in, a bit too far and run with it. I don't smoke cigarettes. I don't really smoke at all. Um, maybe very, very, very occasionally um, some tobacco or something like that, but I, I wouldn't encourage it in general based on what I'm learning. And it's been a while now, but anyhow, what I, when I say I took this idea and run with it, what I'm getting to is the idea that we can cultivate this resilience, which I've also presented before, this sort of spiritual energy and kind of, let's say, get away with things a bit more. So anyway, there are those people who smoked cigarettes every day and they lived to like 120. Like the oldest yeah. woman specifically recorded to live smoked every day until she was like 90 something. And she drank some like her spe specific drink every day till she's like 110, yeah. something like that. It was like brandy, was, I think. Yeah, like exactly. She, either she drank till she was like 100 and then stopped that and smoked till she was 110 or the other way around. But it was one of the two. And, uh, it's pretty amazing. Like, and she didn't die early. Now you, you could always say, oh, that's just a, you know, just chance. And it's just a random, how can I say like a anomaly, but she, it's like, she's the oldest person ever to live. There must be a biological way to understand that the smoking didn't kill her. Like, how was that? You know, and people could say that their traditional answer would probably be, oh, genetics. Like she had a greater genetic resilience. And yeah, you could say that, but based on what we talked about, um, you know, earlier on about the idea of epigenetics, ultimately that we can change our genetic expression based on our environment. Like why didn't this pretty strong, like generally accepted as a negative epigenetic signal of smoking and drinking cause her to have certain issues that other people have. And I would be more inclined based on everything I've read, looking at the genes more like a sort of a blueprint that you can, or not even a blueprint. I think the best analogy I've come up with is like a grocery store. Like you have, we have these set of genes like you can go to a grocery store and pretty much get anything you want, like create almost any dish you want, you know, with your genes and like the quality of the creation, like to blame the genes for having an issue would be like br blaming a grocery store for a bad dinner. It's like, no, it's yeah. only, it only limits like your creativity and your ability to cook. And that's it. And, but our genes allow us to pretty much do anything. And the funniest thing too, is people, even the small percentage of people with actually genetic diseases, which is less than uh, 10 to 15%. It's less than that. Um, even then there's a lot of evidence now that these people through changing their epigenetics can actually change, change not only the expression of their genes, but actually change their genes in some ways. Uh, so th it's pretty interesting. Like in other words, it probably comes down to ultimately still expression. I don't know if you can actually change the sequence pairs in the genome, but like people with cystic fibrosis. So I actually know one guy who's been using a lot of the, the quantum health ideas of light and water magnetism. A lot of the information from Dr. Jack Cruz, uh, who I learned a lot from, especially back years ago. And he's like doing really, had been doing really well. I haven't talked to him in a while, but had been doing really well at an age when many people with cystic fibrosis would be like, uh, you know, passing away. And there's a lot of people in the Joe Dispenza community, and this is another fascinating thing, but with diseases that are some of which are considered like truly genetic and actually healing from these diseases or overcoming them. In addition to many non-genetic diseases that are the causes and, you know, are unknown and they consider that there's no cure. So 
yeah, it's it's just the reason I bring up the example of this this woman who lived the, the Jean Clement, I think was her name, something like that. Jean Jean J Jean would be the translation, but she was French, I believe. And it, it, there's there's a, there's an energy thing that was probably going on, is my point, in her life that that some way she was living, whether it was the community, the Mediterranean sunlight, the electromagnetic energy in the Mediterranean basin, like a variety of factors obviously contribute. It isn't just one that led her to be that resilient. And I think that's cool because yeah, it doesn't mean we should smoke and drink, uh, especially in our modern world where we are burdened with more toxins and this and that, like we don't want to actively tax our system any more than we need to. But I am interested in, in addition to the eating the correct diet and you know, eating the right nutri uh, nutrients and supplements and training the right way and drinking the right water and avoiding the chemicals. The best way to summarize what I'm interested in and what I've come to believe in like my work at this point and what I'm pursuing is, is this idea that we're electromagnetic and that because we are beings of energy and electromagnetic beings, the the thing that governs how our food and all this other stuff is used is the energy field. This is what I find really fascinating. So like, imagine Sean, like you take in certain food, like the food has its own innate intelligence, just like oxygen has its own innate intelligence to be oxygen and do certain things that oxygen does. Food has that in a more complex form, but that doesn't have the intelligence to create a human. Like it's our energy field that something about that, that makes us human. And, and back to Becker's work for a second here, one of the really f uh, f fascinating discoveries that he, he, or questions he posed, I should say, and, and the implication of his work was that he asked a question like, how does the cell, a cell in our brain know to become a brain cell, a cell in our kidney know to become a kidney cell on the foot to become a foot or a toe cell, uh, a nerve cell to become a nerve cell and so on. Like, and how do they know to be where they are? Or is it because of where they are that they know what to become? And standard biology doesn't have a really good answer about that, mm -hmm. but the bioelectromagnetic answer of life, the body electric posits that there's an, a governing energy field. And so wherever a cell find itself in that field as let's say a stem cell, then based on where it is in the field and the information from the cells around it and the field itself of life, cells become what they become. So like you could have, even in humans, we can't regenerate a whole limb, but we could have a pretty bad wound. Like some, you know, people have been severely injured and, and heal relatively normally. It's like, how did it get back to exactly where it was? There's some information. Why am I saying this? Because it means that when we eat food, the food doesn't have the intelligence to become part of us. Or somebody told me recently, they're, they're really fascinated how certain minerals can benefit our biology, but it's like, okay, but the minerals like don't just organize themselves into humans, like necessarily in general, like you don't just see like minerals turning into humans on the street, like of the dirt, you know, there's something that's organizing that. And it's like, so if you had all the minerals, here's the point, the minerals, the food, you kept the toxins out but somehow something in the field was still broken. Like you, you, we still couldn't organize mm. all of that matter into the correct pattern into function. If something's broken in the field and my whole, my whole experience has shown me personally that even if you're getting the sunlight, right. Even if you're blocking blue light and keeping your circadian rhythm intact, even if you're going outside barefoot and grounding, if there's psycho emotional issues, which is like my own, per my own personal fascination now, 
uh, then I believe that can really hinder our physiology, like somehow, and, and a lot of people are talking about this now, it's almost cliche, like the trauma and all of this. But a lot of people look at that stuff. And I'm not saying that's my big thing, necessarily, like the whole trauma world and trauma work. Uh, but I think there's probably a big parallel. People will look at that and say, that's woo woo, you know, that's super woo woo. But maybe it's not because if we are an energy field and, and our energy is supposed to be moving and flowing and something's locked up and it's causing our, like a lot of diseases occur because of this. So there's a lot of people at, you know, just relating my own personal experiences, people at Joe Dispenza week long events. So I've been to many of these retreats he holds and I have to say, people just have to go to experience it. You know, I can share a bit, but ultimately people need, if they want to have, if somebody is interested in that particularly, they should go experience it. But basically people have healed from really severe illnesses. I mean, people with ALS literally paralyzed and walking, even after a week, there's people in the community who not just at an event, but who have practiced the meditation for months. And then they come to an event to tell their story on the stage. Cause you know, they were asked to come and share and yeah, people, a lot of people who are paralyzed to actually get out of that and, and start walking and, and never go back to their wheelchair or their canes. There's a lot of people who there's two people at one event. This is, this sounds like I'm making this up. Uh, but two people at one event who were blind and both regained their ability to see actually like one who had been blind most of her life and one who regained it. So it's like, when you start seeing that stuff, it's like, you can't ignore that. You see yeah. the person tell their story and like, it's shocking and, and these people are genuine. They're normal people. Like they're not being paid <laughs> to, to <laughs> lie. And it happens way too often. They'd have to have, they'd have to be really, really the biggest deception ever. But anyway, you can feel it when you go, the love and the energy in the, in the field. So anyway, tying this all up, knowing that it makes perfect sense to me that the way that those people could heal is because they fix some kink. Let's say if you imagine the, the flow of energy in the body, like a hose, you get a kink and the, the water just can't flow. You release that kink. You might not even realize how much energy was stuck because all of a mm. sudden it just starts flowing. And then all of a sudden the person was in a certain energy, their, their energy field was in a certain pattern that caused the matter. So the field, you, we don't see it, but that's what's organizing the matter. Like the analogy I thought of the other day is like, that a building is the information of a building is a blueprint. And you don't see, when we look at a building, you don't see the blueprint necessarily, but that information is what mm. organized the building. And if there was a problem, they would go back and reference the blueprint to rebuild the part that was destroyed if they wanted to get it back to where it was. So there's that information that underlies the building, even if you don't see the blueprint. Well, that's the exact same how our energy field is like, it's a blueprint of it, energy and information that organizes all of our matter that we don't see, but it's there. And so the point there is that it just makes perfect sense to me from everything I've seen and experienced and people can disagree. I think we're on pretty much on the same wave, the way you're smiling and nodding, but like, if something's really off in our blueprint, then it could create, it creates problems in the physical structures that become our body. And it can, it can manifest as serious diseases for people. Mm. Doesn't mean all diseases are caused by emotional issues and so on. But I'm coming to think more and more, and this is, you know, I'll, I'll end this full thought with this. When I finally went to one of these events, and it was the first time I had really invested in myself and taken time out of my life to focus on me rather than waking up and working all day and stressing about my business. And I'm going to, I just said, I'm going to let this go for a little while. And sure, I still check my emails and kind of use that to keep that connection to my, my familiar personality and stress. So, but I, I still gave myself enough time to really go deep. And Sean, I got like, I 
felt so great. Like I felt the most amazing feeling. Maybe it's normal for other people. I don't know, but I felt this like wholeness that I didn't feel like for years or even maybe ever that I remember maybe since I was a little kid. And I was like, man, this is like, this is what I was after. Like, I think I just wanted to feel whole this whole time. I I don't know if it was that I wanted to do a certain diet or be a certain expert about a certain thing. I just wanted to feel whole. And I do believe that that's what most people are after, after experiencing a bit more of a feeling of wholeness. And it also made sense to me to, this is what I'm getting at, is that if it's true, this whole theory of the energy centers that the the second or third energy center, depending on which system you follow, is related to safety, security. It's also related to our digestive functions and all of this stuff. Um, then, then if I had some trauma or some situation in my childhood, in my life, which in my case, my parents got divorced, there was a bit of fighting that went on and all that stuff. I don't really, as Joe Dispenza says, don't focus on the story of your past, but let's just say that existed. Then it, it made sense to me just as a point of explanation that that incoherence or let's say breaking of the, of the organization in that part of my energy field, because of that lack of safety security. Well, what are the organs that are linked to that energy center? Oh, the gut, the digestion. And, Oh, it made sense to me all of a sudden. Well, I had gut issues my whole childhood since I was like five years old. So maybe that was where they emerged from. And then, you know, allergies and all allergy symptoms typically come from a leaky gut. So, okay. And headaches too, undigested food goes in the blood and the body produces an immune reaction and you get a headache, for example, there's many causes, but you get the point. It made sense to me. Like maybe that's what it was. Maybe it wasn't the food. Maybe it wasn't even all about the light. They all play roles and I'm glad I've learned about them. And I believe even improving, like you said earlier about the different practices, like improving my diet, improving my light environment, my circadian rhythm, wearing my blue light protection glasses, increased my awareness to a point where I could see, Mm -hmm. oh, maybe this is the next step for me. So I think what you're Uh, saying earlier, it's a whole new, like it it is such a good point that these things give people a step up to go to a different perspective. But that was what struck me in that moment. And I was like, man, maybe I just needed to fix this this energy thing, which I'm still working on, <laughs> still working on it. And like, maybe that would be a better long-term, more root cause uh, solution. And that's where my current understanding is. Oh, that's that's what, I, cool. what I'm working with at the moment. Yeah, that's, that's cool. So even, even the, even the practice of the, let's just call it biohacking that you've been doing, you know, the, the diet to fix, you know, skin issues the the light exposure the you know the the circadian rhythm stuff let's just call it the biohacking stuff that you've been doing leads to it's like okay that stuff's taken care of right maybe that's maybe that's chakras one and two is like stay alive you know uh stay alive so staying alive taking care of all these issues and then it sort of allows or clears the path to do some of the deeper inner work about the emotions, about the traumas and stuff that, that, that all of us have. Yeah. You've, you've really illustrated, illustrated this idea that I've been working on for a while, really nicely. It's like, I just, I cleared the path. I got this stuff kind of figured out. Uh, I've, I've got habits that support, you know, the, the fullest expression of my biological system. So now I'm going to go up, go up the chakra chain and, and do some deeper work about, 
you know, who I am or, or how I can feel whole or how I can be the fullest, you know, the fullest non-physical expression of, of this, who I am as a, as a soul. I think that's really cool. Um, I'm glad. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I do too. The, so I want to give, you know, as we, as we begin to, to wind this down, obviously, Matt, we could go for hours and hours and I got to about one or two of the questions that I had, but well, we could do a follow up and not in four years. You know, <laughs> yeah, right. five, almost yeah, four plus years since 2018. Wow. Yeah. Count. But yeah, another one soon. But yeah, I also have to run in, you know, 10 or 15 minutes. So yeah. Let's well, let's let's well, end with, uh, with a bang. Yeah, <laughs> let's end with a bang. Well, I I I want to give you a chance, an, an opportunity. A lot has changed in five years. You know, there there are more and more opportunities options for blue light protection devices um you know you know managing light more effectively and and i still i still believe that blue light protection glasses you know like you said are 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 for me the most effective device like product thing not ingestible a product thing mm-hmm. that you can do to to protect your uh to protect your sleep um there's a lot there's a lot more products out there you know in in the five years since since we spoke and i asked you about you know the, the names of the different styles of glasses as you know egyptian gods and you were like oh i'm so glad you noticed that <laughs> a lot, yeah, a, lot wow. of, come a lot a long of, way that's all great. right a lot a lot has changed so why why raw optics why why are your why why are your glasses so great thanks for asking i appreciate it so you know i'll first say um that in this time period since getting into the business and then now learning more about this other stuff like i get on podcasts and whereas i used to just talk about all of the circadian rhythms and light and all this stuff which i still think is really relevant as i mentioned before i'm more interested in going deeper because once you know it's like once you know you can't not know once you know something that's let's say a new level i don't want to go back it's not to say one's higher than the other it's just different right they're parallel and different and so I share this other information because I think it's really important for people to look deeper. However, I think it's very important to also say, and this really applies to me as well, that I, I think until someone's like the, at the level of a sort of a more like a spiritual master, someone who has risen their awareness and consciousness to where they exist more from that, that third eye level, that consciousness, um, I would say people like this friend of mine, I mentioned Balarama, people like Dr. Joe Dispenza. I mean, what he does as I believe he's around 60 years old, he stands on the stage for a full week straight, leading live meditations, lecturing the entire day, 14 plus hours every day. And then he's busy with dinners and, you know, people donating to their research and which is independent of him, but, but he's, you know, involved in as the person creating the meditations and developing the model and improving the model. Like, so he's so busy and he's doing that like like once a month, like one week long event per month. And I look at, I'm like, how does he do that? Like, you know, sometimes I'm tired and it's like, he's three times my age, for example. Right. Um, so not quite three times, but anyway, it's, it's really amazing. Um, the reason I say this is 
until we get to that level, I think where we're the average person, us mortals, let's say, where we're on a super high frequency, we are subject to these physical laws, right? Like there are great masters and you read the autobiography of Yogi by Paramahansa Yogananda. Maybe you've read it. It's a very famous spiritual treatise by this master from India who came to the United States and taught about the value of yoga and meditation. And there are great masters. And I'm, I'm inclined to believe this stuff for all the reasons I've shared today that who can, who, for example, never sleep. So forget about circadian rhythms. They don't even sleep. They're in a constant state of this God communion with this energy. They wouldn't want us. If you were in pure ecstasy all the time, why would you sleep? Like mm-hmm. if you didn't need to. So anyway, like seriously, so I thought that's pretty interesting. And then there's those who could bilocate and have their energy field in two places at once. Uh, people who could, when they've died, resurrect at least once, maybe multiple times. Um, Jesus Christ, you know, the most kind of famous of all these uh, great masters through history. So until we have elevated ourselves to that level, which isn't something you necessarily do like overnight, unless you just decide to be like Buddha and sit under the tree and meditate until you've just nailed it, which isn't, you know, the path for most people. Like I thought maybe I should just do that, but like I haven't, you know, so maybe that's just not my path or maybe I'm afraid of it or whatever, right? There's a lot of work you have to go through. As we said, it's not easy. But so the reason I say that is because like, of course I've had the thought like, Hmm, is this, is what I'm doing even relevant now that I know about this stuff about meditation? I believe it is. In fact, I believe that nothing against food and supplementation. I think they're also critical, but as you go up from the world of matter, like the, the slowest frequency we perceive as Joe Dispenza says is matter matters. The slowest frequency we perceive most matter matter is like still 99.9% space, like from mm-hmm. the nucleus to the electrons, it's mostly empty space. So it's actually more like really slowly vibrating energy. And even Einstein's famous for his proof that energy and mass are equivalent e equals MC squared. It's the energy mass equivalence equation, which means matter can be converted into energy. And that's how the hydrogen bomb works, the nuclear bombs and nuclear energy, because they break apart matter. And that tiny amount of matter has so much energy and it could literally level an entire city, tiny amount of matter released, open up to energy. So the point is like, I think that the matter based approaches to improve health, like food and supplementation are like the slowest ways and light energy and frequency, which is what we work with at raw raw optics is actually a much faster way, which is why we see results. Cause you're immediately changing the information going into the field that stimulates and affects the hormonal. So hormones, you could say melatonin and all these things are like basically carriers of, you can say they're like carriers of light energy. So melatonin is actually like a, a sort of physical representation of light energy of frequency. Like we've talked about throughout this. Can you still hear me? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're good. Okay. Um, so anyway, um, that's how, that's how this works. So that's why I believe very much in how important this stuff is because we can change our health very quickly by with light. Um, so as far as why optics are the best, just to kind of make this really brief, because I think we even touched on this on our previous episodes with the or our last episode, but the main thing is that we, fo- we've grown a lot actually since then, but the main thing is we focus on the science. So I'm actually in Germany with one of the top photobiology experts in the world named Dr. Alexander Wunsch, who would be a great guest for your podcast at some point. And he's been on like, you know, Asprey and Mercola and Ben Greenfield for those who want to listen to him. But anyhow, um, we work hand. So not only improving and optimizing our blue light protection eyewear, but we're working on some really amazing and exciting products that are in the pipeline related to light therapy, 
other types of blue light protection. So there's a lot of really cool stuff coming, but for what we have now, there are no better products that I have found for optimal blue light protection for daytime. So our daylight lenses and for nighttime, our sunset lenses. And this is mainly because, so yeah, we focus on the science. Everything we do with our lenses is about a few main things. It's about maximal blue light extinction or blue light protection. It's about optimizing color rendering index. So the highest color perception you can have while using these color lenses, which ultimately by nature do reduce color rendering. Um, clear lenses don't actually effectively block blue light. They're mostly a gimmick. They are a gimmick actually. And then the third is the hue of the lens. So in addition to like a subject, a quantitative, scientifically measurable blue light protection and color rendering, there's also a hue component to the lenses, which affects your experience when you're wearing them, like a certain warmth, or do you have more of this color or that color? Mm. And we're always working on optimizing that to give people the best experience based on the research of how certain hues and colors affect our mental state for the different effects we offer with our lenses. So we focus on optimizing this. I don't know any other company that focuses on the, the level of detail we do in these. Then the other things are that we offer the highest quality frames. We offer the best, the most stylish frames and the highest quality. We also guarantee that people will get the effects and if they don't, they can return them. So there's zero risk. Um, so like literally if you don't start sleeping better, return them, we'll give you your money back. If you don't feel your eye strain and headaches and so on relieved by our daylight lenses, return them, we'll give you your money back. Um, so that's another big thing. And then we pride ourselves, like I'm kind of a perfectionist. So it's almost sometimes over the top, but like we get really good reviews on customer support because we, we pride ourselves on doing a really good job for people. Mm -hmm. And if we don't do a really good job, we're going to fix it and make it right the next time. So, um, that's really why raw optics is the best company. And yes, the price tag reflects that. So people are like, well, it's ex more expensive. And it's like, yeah, cause we're offering the best service. And so if you want a cheap, crappy product that you need to replace in a few months or a year, fine. And you want to have a not the best experience, fine. Like we also present our product really beautifully with a really nice product box and everything that people can keep and reminds them of the quality and how <laughs> just cool it is what they're doing for themselves. So even though that's not the main thing, like we have a really premium case that the product comes with, which, you know, we don't charge extra for it's, in, it's part of the product and it protects it very well. And it's really premium. It has some inspiring message inside that I'll let people see when they get it. But anyway, um, that's that's what we do. That's so that's why Roptics is the best. That's <laughs> great. Matt Matt, I, I was not I hadn't thought much about the hue. I mean, obviously, you know, anybody could jump on online and look at, you know, blue protection or blue blocking glasses and 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 see a number of brands, you know, people that you know, people that I know that uh that create brands. But the the hue idea, the fact that you are constantly and meticulously creating a shade of yellow or a shade of amber or what yeah. like that that's that's super interesting like what what is what what how can it be just right so that it makes your eye feel better so that you can have a more pleasurable experience i think that's interesting yeah absolutely so i can't i can't go into too much detail at this point for time and i think we should get into this on our next conversation especially because in probably six to 12 months whenever we would do another one or even sooner we're going to have much more development on our upcoming products which would be exciting to speak of but essentially um i'll just leave i'll plant a seed and leave it like there's a whole other world of light and light therapy uh, of how certain colors affect the system so not just, it's not about a certain amount of intensity or a certain amount of um, 
a specific wavelength necessarily of light, which is what a lot of treatments are focused on. And they all have their relevance, like red light therapy, we're working on that. But there's actually specific colors, like so colors have information. And since our body is this energy field that I spoke about earlier, so in addition to meditating and working on dialing things in that way, we can actually use colors to inform our energy field in certain ways. So certain organs respond to different colors. And we're working on some really interesting developments, both with eyewear and with light therapy to utilize the power of color for different effects. Now, that's why we work with the top expert in the world, because this isn't something that I would just want to get on the internet and research, even, even though I can do really great research and we built great blue light protection products largely on my own research in the beginning and then went to consulting experts as we got to the stage of business where we could and had that that, that uh, ability and had the connections and you know the, the money and all of that. But um, I prefer to work with someone who is deeply experienced and has treated patients for a lifetime because they often know more than what you can just find online. And so that to me, or, or, yeah, or even from experts who don't have that same level of personal experience with the field. So that's really what we're focused on as a company. And I guess that's the best way to put it. So yeah, certain hues, I mean, what I'll say is we're making certain modifications to our lenses, even as we speak regularly um, to, to fine tune our, our red sunset lenses, our main product are, I think, absolutely amazing. These are the absolute the best. I, I don't think it could get any better, um, really. Our daylight lenses, they are, they're amazing. And there are certain things that, that we're actually tweaking and optimizing. Now, that's not to say someone couldn't benefit tremendously from our current daylight lenses. I think they would. I probably shouldn't say this, but if someone wanted to wait like three to six months, we will have some even like the next generation. But it again, it's not like they're I would say it's it's kind of like the iPhone 13 to the iPhone 14, you know? So it's like the iPhone oh, awesome. 13 is amazing. The yeah. iPhone 14 has a few improvements. And so that's kind of how we do it. We don't do this like big launch drop thing because it's just not as relevant for our business, like a new generation. Like we don't, we, we, maybe we should, but I don't think it makes sense for us. We just implement the improvements as much as we can, as quickly as we can, and then let everyone benefit from them without having a higher price or whatever. Um, so that's that's basically it. But we there's there's just different it's just choices it's not actually better or worse like the hue of our current daylight lenses w could be used for more stimulation actually to be more specific and i'm looking to just lean it a little bit more towards like relaxation and balancing although these compared to not not are relaxing and balancing but i'm just tw we're twist tweaking the dials a little bit more towards that um because i think that's what people need more of so yeah, and, and that's we all do so anyway that's, that's cool. like bit of an example, but I'm so glad you asked. I'm so glad you're interested. So yeah, we could, we should definitely have a, another even podcast or even an off-air conversation. I'm happy to talk more. Let, let's, that. let's definitely do that. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see what else you're cooking up because I, because I, I do know the attention to detail, the scientific rigor, the iteration, um, you've mentioned, um, uh, Alexander Wunsch before, and, um, I would like to have him on the podcast. I can set um, it up. I'm in his house right now. So. Oh, is that where you're at? <laughs> nice. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I think I think that um I know that whatever you're coming out with next, whether it's an iteration on a current product or brand new products, I know they're gonna be super high quality. And um until 
until my then five-year-old stepped on like she stomped on a pair i i enjoy i enjoyed my pair of raw optics we'll set you up (laughs) until they were destroyed by um a jump off of the bed but that's my fault i shouldn't put them there oh that's Um, fine well, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna end with with this fill in the blank question because um, you actually helped me create this question for the first sixty or so podcast episodes. I uh huh. Do you remember this? I I don't, but I'd like to. I will remember when you say it. So I I have a fill in the blank question that I ask every single guest, and up until. I got to you, I asked it in a different way and you didn't like the way that it was asked because you didn't want to answer the question the way that it was asked. So previously, previously the question was a fill in the blank question, which was, um, everybody needs to know fill in the blank and until, and, and people answered it until I got to you and you're like, you know what? I don't want to tell people what they need to know. And he's like, a, 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 a and you said a better way to ask that is everyone would benefit from knowing. And I was like, you're right. You're right. So now from episode 188 to now episode 428, I've asked your question, which is, and so I invite you to, to answer this and you can elaborate as much or as little as you want your own question, Matt, which is everyone would benefit from knowing I would reference here to Dr. Joe Dispenza. He says very elegantly um, that the world has pulled a veil over our eyes and it's blinding us from the truth. And the truth is that you are greater than you think, more powerful than you know, and more unlimited than you could ever dream. And I think that's what everyone should know um, and would benefit more from knowing. And you na- you nailed it earlier when you said like something along the lines of we take this wholeness and this love and we bring it into our lives. And when I spoke earlier about this fascination with these stories, I believe why I love them is because they are, and even if you study the people who wrote them and the intention, they actually, I believe, are the story of our life. Harry Potter isn't fiction. Like there is elements of fact that there is a battle, I believe, between like good and evil. And that's what's taught like spiritually, that there is a battle between like our higher self and our lower self. That's what the the Bible and Jesus teaches about, like rejecting Satan or evil That's what the Bhagavad Gita, like the ancient Hindu texts basically teach. Um, Krishna teaches Arjuna on the scene of a battlefield. And the battlefield represents the sense pleasures and sense delusion. The lower chakras are animal centers that want to pull us to think and believe a certain way against our higher human chakras and uh, inclinations. And that is the battle of humanity, essentially. And Mm -hmm. I find that to be the most fascinating concept uh, that I've ever learned that every day is like a battle between good and evil. And like, like our evolution is learning to overcome and reject evil. And I would add one more thing, which is that 
I believe that when when people hear the word evil, they think it's like like a supervillain. But if you if you hear it and think of it more in like a a biblical sense, evil is a synonym for Satan, for the devil. Uh, in Hinduism, they call it Maya, which means the illusion. So it's not like evil is actually bad innately. You might say it actually is, but it's not like bad in the sense that, oh, you should judge yourself if you have tendencies. We all have tendencies, but I I've come to believe that my life is like the, the the best thing I can do in the growth is overcoming like evil within myself, not like a super villain, mm -hmm. but like tendencies to be mean to people or tendencies to do the wrong thing when I know it's the wrong thing, which I experience every day, like 50 times a day, at least, and often do it anyway, whatever it is. Um, I think that's in the, the to, to Dr. Dispenza's quote, like that when we can master that, it opens the doors to this absolute unlimited nature that we couldn't even literally couldn't even imagine when we're in our more limited way of thinking. And I think that's so powerful because it, for me, it makes it that life is so much more interesting and exciting, yes, right? I like it's, it isn't, totally a, it isn't supposed to be boring. Like it could be actually like there's a, you, there's a saying from the a guy in the 80, 20 principle book says, he's like, you actually can have it all. Like that's the thing people have a hard time accepting. It's like, we can have it all, like the happiness, the joy. The, and then I'll add one more thing that uh, a spiritual master said um, to one of his disciples. So Yogananda said this to one of his disciples who was spending time up at Mount Washington, which was their headquarters in Los Angeles. And it went something like the disciple asked the master, like, you know, so are you basically saying that you know, I, sh I can't, when I go back to the regular world, I can't drink alcohol and spend time with all these friends and do all these things. And he's not, he said, the master said, I'm not saying that you can't do all that stuff. I'm saying you might just not want to do any of it anymore. You know, after you know what you know, and you've experienced what you've experienced up here. Mm. I think that was, that's really profound. Yeah. I, I agree completely. You see me nodding through. The <laughs> Thanks brother. It. Yeah. <laughs> like I appreciate you asking the question and I feel so honored that this, that I had that effect. So it's funny. You were right. Self. You were totally right. You were totally right. When you, when you called it out and I changed it immediately um, because it was a much better <laughs> question. You, brother. <laughs> yeah. Well, kudos to you for the amazing work you're doing with the podcast. Really, really cool. I'm happy that we could share another episode and I look forward to more and I look forward to connecting hopefully one time soon in person, whenever the time's right. Absolutely, Matt. Thank you for joining me today on the Optimal Performance Podcast, my man. Thank you so much. Take care, Sean. All the best to you and your family.